Welcome to Church Online. I am so excited that you have joined us this morning. I'm Pastor Matt. I pray that our worship will be exciting and uplifting. I pray that the ministry of the Word will work in your heart and that the Lord will do something special. Thank you again for joining us and enjoy the service. I got 28. I don't think that's... Oh, they said it right here for me and I missed it. Back to the, the good one. Amen. How many are glad he came? Man, the waiting is, is over. I want to talk to you, uh, and we're cutting things out of the service uh, because my message is, is too long. And so essentially, I don't want to keep you here. Um, plus, we have to do this all, all over again. Uh, but, but if you listen fast, I'll talk fast. Uh, but I'm just, I'm so excited to be meeting with uh, our church family on Christmas Eve. And uh, this is a special thing. Y'all got to work on my wife and convince her to do it again next year. What do you think, babe? Uh, she, she's all about tradition and doing Christmas Eve at the house. Um, but this is, we welcomed it. And, and uh, honestly, I'm, I'm enjoying it. Thank y'all so much for coming and uh, spending Christmas Eve with us here. And thank you for joining us online. Hopefully, uh, it's a blessing. I know that uh, the, the Krugers were messaging there in Mississippi and uh, they were saying, hey, when's the live stream going to be up? And I know some folks are traveling. This weather's been crazy, hadn't it? Honestly, I didn't think anybody was going to come tonight. <laughs> Sarah's like, oh, no, they're going to want to get out of the house on Christmas Eve. Amen. But it, does anybody remember it being colder than this? I don't. You do? There's always one in the crowd that remembers it. No, <laughs> I I couldn't remember it. I'm like, man, I know we had the blizzard back in maybe, what was that, 2010 or something like that. But anyway, it is cold. I mean, so cold. I went to check the mail, and the mailbox key wouldn't work. I mean, I'm like, my goodness, it is, it is frigid out there. Uh, let's talk about Christmas gifts. How many have a Christmas gift uh, that you remember getting growing up? Maybe one that stands out. Anybody? I have one. Uh, who doesn't mind saying what it is, as long as it's appropriate? Rob, what is it? <laughs> the creepy crawler oven? Does anybody remember that? Oh, wow, that was a big hit. Who else got that for Christmas that year? Anybody? <laughs> Somebody else, your favorite Christmas gift. Yes, ma'am, Miss Grace. A chemistry set. This is like on the Santa Claus where, uh, you know, his ex-wife finally goes, and I got mystery date. <laughs> you know, that mystery date game. <laughs> I love that, that spot. Anybody else, a Christmas gift? Miss Sandy. Dancerella. That sounds amazing. Yeah. Ivy Lee. A notebook with all your craft stuff? That's awesome. Yeah. Look, the point that you got, go ahead. I saw your hand. Spice World, the set? On cassette. Was that the Spice Girls? Yeah. Oh, my goodness. How many love the Spice Girls? I'm just asking. I'm not. Babe, I'm not saying I love them. <laughs> not trying to get myself in trouble. When did we do that? Babe, we were driving somewhere, and we were, like, throwing it back to a 90s playlist. When was that? I don't know. It wasn't long ago. Anyway, and the Spice Girls came on. That was, man, that, that was a bop right there, wasn't it? That was a bop. 
Look, we're going to talk about Christmas gifts a little bit. I know we've all, mine was, it was called the Dagger. Uh, it was a, a remote control car. It had a little tire on the front and bigger tires on the back, and the thing would lift up and spin around. Uh, that was like my favorite thing that I'll, I always remember. But uh, we, we can all look back and remember that one Christmas gift that we got. And man, it just made our day, made our life. You know, like we still literally think about it as Christmas rolls around. Uh, but honestly, tonight we're, we're talking about the greatest Christmas gift, the greatest one. And, and I'm not going to give it away, but I think you know what it is. And that's why we're here. Uh, but as we think about Christmas gifts, I wanted, to, I wanted to help you a little bit. Inside, I think it's in the program, uh, how to pick, I found this article uh, from theunconventionalroute.com. Okay, and, and listen, I know there's somebody in here that still has to go Christmas shopping. Does anybody want to claim it and say, I see a hand, another hand, anybody else? You still need, I know, look, how many are procrastinators? I'm going to be honest. I have Christmas shopping left to do, and it's going to happen online. How many of you you print gifts, print pictures out, and wrap them in boxes? Anybody? Come on, that's a hack right there if I've ever known one. You print it out. This is coming. This is coming. Anybody have any gifts not arrive? Like they faked you out and said, if you order now, it will be there by Christmas, and it's absolutely not there. Anybody? My hand is up, I'm telling you. Anyway, but I wanted to, to give this to you. I think it'll be a blessing, but how to pick gifts even better than Santa using science. How many like to use science? You got a chemistry set, so this is for Miss Grace. One of the biggest mistakes we make when buying gifts for others is thinking that giving more stuff makes people happier. That's backwards. This website, this is not me, don't get mad, don't shoot the messenger. happiness doesn't come from adding positives. It comes from removing negatives. All right. So this is, man, that really resonated. So when it comes to picking gifts, find a problem in your recipient's life and solve it with your generosity. Like for instance, it says this, fix annoyances, get their knives sharpened, buy them blackout blinds. Can I get a witness? Anybody? Man. Pay a handyman to go to their house and fix up the little things like the squeaky doors. I got more than squeaky doors, just saying. Broken light switches, leaky sinks. That, that's solving a problem. You can give them a gift of a handyman. Boredom, plan a party or an outing with a gift recipient and friends. Blind taste tests are one of their favorites. Prevent pain. If they complain about a sore neck, get them a session with a physical therapist. Isn't that a great idea? You don't think so? Okay, I, th- I thought it was great. Uh, we are solving problems with gifts uh, with science. I, I thought it was a great idea. Anyway, warning. When using this mentality, don't solve problems that uh, they don't know that they have. <laughs> they unwrap the deodorant. I'm solving a problem. I'm solving a problem. They unwrap, unwrap the mouthwash. I'm solving it. Here's a, a free ticket to Dennis Whitening. You know what I mean? Like, they might not know that they have that problem. So, You've been warned. Don't give them gifts for problems that they don't know about. So anyway, I think we can all agree that whatever you are buying, the more you prepare for that gift, the better. The more more time and effort and energy that you put into that that gift, that specific thing, uh, the better it will be received. And here's the thing. Like when we talk about tonight and and Christmas Eve, uh, kids, do you know what tomorrow is all about? Do you know? What's it all about? 
That's right. It's all about, way to go, Piper. It's all about Jesus, and it's all about his birthday. And so here's the thing, and we've had some unconventional Christmas messages leading up to tonight. Uh, and and I, wanna, I want you to know that the Lord prepared to give us this gift. When he had you and he had me in mind, and I mean this tonight, look, I, I really, this message is written for, for the person who has never put their faith and trust in Jesus. This message is for the person who's here tonight, and you don't know who Jesus is. And, and I want you to know that, that the gift that Jesus was to the whole entire world was, was not something that happened haphazardlessly. This, this is something that the Lord planned. He prepared for. He didn't just use science, right? Or, you know, we're, we're thinking about the, the, the fun things or how we came to the conclusion that we did to buy that certain gift. Like, listen, he had you and me in mind the whole time. And he took careful detail to make sure that the plan was executed, the plan to bringing Jesus to this earth. He prepared. Mark 1, verses 1 through 2, I'm just going to take you on a little journey. Uh, we don't have much time, uh, but, but we'll, we'll be brief, but I want you to listen. I want you to see this. Look at the text here. It'll be on your screen as I read it, but Mark 1, 1 through 2, it said the beginning of the, what's the next word? Gospel. gospel. See that word. See it. Uh, hold on to that in your mind. The beginning of the gospel of Jesus Christ, the Son of God, as it is written in Isaiah, the prophet. See, I am sending my messenger ahead of you. He will what? Prepare the way before thee. He will what? Prepare the way before thee. The preparation that has gone into the gift of Jesus Christ was incredible. And, and if you haven't listened to last week's message, go back and listen to last week's message. But we know that the Lord prepared the way. And the prophet said that, he would send someone to say, hey, Jesus, the Messiah, the Mashiach, the anointed one, is, is coming. Mark's gospel says it. Look, I've prepared the way. Many of us have heard that Jesus is the greatest gift ever given, but have we seen the preparation that went into that gift? Mark 1, using the word gospel, euangelion. Good news, good tidings. It, it makes me, uh, I, I think about to me reading the Christmas story and it's, I, I've brought you good tidings of great what? Joy. There's a message, there's, there's something that is being brought to you and, and it's worth hearing and according to Mark, he's prepared the way and the preparation that has gone into it, we could, we could kind of sum it up in that word called the Yongillion or the gospel. How many have heard that word, the gospel? Anybody? Yeah. It's a familiar word. Like we think about the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. But what Mark is saying is it's everything. It's the encompassing story of Jesus coming, what happened before to bring him there, and then where it stands now, the message, the good tidings, the gospel, the good news. Isaiah 52, verse 7, it says, How beautiful on the mountains are the feet of the herald who proclaims. This word proclaim, good tidings, great joy, they're all wrapped in that word gospel. They're all wrapped in that Greek word, the Yongilian, good tidings, who proclaim peace, who brings news of good things, who proclaims salvation, who says to Zion, your God 
reigns. What, what I'm trying to, to tie together here is, is the preparation that went into bringing us the greatest gift that we ever could receive on the face of the planet. And, and listen, I know there are still people yet that need to receive the gift of Jesus. There are still people on this, on this world. How do I know that? Because he hasn't come back yet. He came the first time, but he hasn't been back again. And what that makes me think is that there are still people that need to receive the first advent. There are still people that need to understand the first time that he came for them. And, and as long as I'm here on this rock and the Lord allows me to live and allows me to rear my children, I'm going to be rearing my children and living in such a way to proclaim the good news, the gospel. It is uh, the fact that Jesus came and he is the greatest gift and he's here for you and for me. And so the preparation that's gone into this word, Mark says, hey, uh, and I'm backtracking a little bit. He says, look, uh, the beginning of the gospel of Jesus Christ, Isaiah says it's bringing the good news, the proclamation of deliverance. All of that is the same word. Look, look, the preparation has happened several hundred years before. I'm proclaiming this good news. Mark 1, 14 through 15, after John was arrested... Just a few verses later after Mark introduces and says, this is the good news. This is the proclamation of Jesus. After John, the one that came, the one that prepared the way, the one that was foretold to say, look, I'm going to tell people that Jesus is coming. My job is literally to prepare people to receive the gift. After he was arrested, Jesus went to Galilee. Watch this. Proclaiming. Do you see that word? Uh, I'm not sure if we're on the same one there. Uh, I'm looking forward there. Mark 1, after John was arrested, Jesus went to Galilee proclaiming the good news of God. Proclaiming the good news of God. What is that? The young Gillian, the gospel, proclaiming. As soon as John the Baptist came on the scene preparing the way for Jesus to come, as soon as Jesus' time was there to begin his earthly ministry, John got out of the way. And, and many can look at that story and say, well, well, that's not right for John. But John knew his purpose. Even in those moments questioning it, and John did, his big concern was, I just hope he's the one. I hope he's the one. Why? He knew that the need of a Savior was great. He, he was preaching repentance for the kingdom of God is at hand. It's a proclamation. It's a... Uh, it's an announcement. There's news. There's a, there, there's a new king. A new king is born. So the time is fulfilled. Proclaiming the good news of God in Mark 1, the time is fulfilled and the kingdom of God has come near. And this is Jesus proclaiming. He says this, repent and believe the good news. When Jesus began his earthly ministry, as soon as he came on the scene and, and took the torch from John the Baptist, what was his message? Hey, repent and believe. Repent and believe. The, the word repent just means to change your mind. The word repent just means to go a different way, a different course. Jesus is saying, I'm here, and because I'm here, I'm proclaiming a message that has been prepared for a really long time, and I want you to accept it. I want you to understand that the kingdom of God has come. 
How many are thankful the kingdom of God has come? Amen. Have we seen the preparation that has gone into this gift? And then when it's time for him to pick up the mantle and run with the torch, so to speak, he's preaching the same message. The gospel is the fact that there's good news. Think about, like, how does news travel today? Well, first of all, it does travel very fast, right? The little kids are like, phones, Twitter, Facebook. How many get their news off social media? Wow, you all are a different crowd. How many think social media is the devil? Wow, this is great. I guess the church ends up becoming more like the pastor. Is that how it works? <laughs> You've heard me say it enough. I think all y'all are lying. I think you really are getting your news from social media. No, I'm kidding. You're just trying to make me feel better. Uh, it is the devil. <laughs> Look, something happens, and it's like around in our area, where, where do you go? You go to the what's happening in Essex group. You know what I'm saying? And Facebook, it's like, I don't know how they get their information, but they get it faster than anybody else. What's happening in Essex? And they know what's happening, right? News travels fast. The idea of news, if there is a, an announcement, and then sometimes media outlets and news outlets, they think something is such a big announcement, they build it up. They send out teasers. Why? Because this news is going to change things. Look, do you understand that's, that's how it worked back then? Isaiah says, blessed are the feet for the one who carries the proclamation. If you're here in this village, you are waiting on somebody to carry a message to you to give you that proclamation so that you could hear it, so that you could receive it. And the preparation was put in. Think about it. Think about it. Jesus came miraculously born of a virgin. Uh, think about the story that we tell about. This story that happened, look, he, he was not born of a man like you and I were born of a, a, a man. Why? If he would have been born of a man, then he would have had a sin nature. He would have had the bloodline that was tainted. How many know that nobody had to teach you how to sin? Come on, am I the only one? I don't think so. Did anybody have to teach you how to sin? I, th I have 12 children, and I didn't have to teach any of them how to sin. Just kidding, only four. Sounds better when I start with 12 and then say I have four. <laughs> Look, it, it's, it's innate. We're born with a fault fixed in us, Proverbs says. The point is, is that we're sinners, and we know that. Human race is corrupt. We can see that. But we believe that Jesus Christ was born of a miracle. Why? So that he could have a second chance. Like we sing, Hark the Herald Angels Sing. And not like we sang Angels We Have Heard on that. But like, Hark the Herald Angels Sing. He's the second Adam from above. Reinstate us in thy love. He had to be born of a virgin so that he could have a second chance at not sinning. And let me help you with something. He didn't sin. He was perfect. And, and that news had to travel. And by the time John came on the scene and he prepared the way, he said, repent. I'm, I'm, I'm letting you know that the kingdom of God is coming. It's at hand. There's a change. There's a shift in the atmosphere. It's been quiet for 400 years, but I, I want you to know something. Things are changing. And, and just like they send out the heralds to all the areas of town, Jesus Christ got his disciples together. 
And he taught and he trained them and he commissioned them to what? Go and tell the greatest story that's ever to be told. The one that changed everything. I am the gift of God. And I carry eternal life. Why? Because I have defeated death. Have you thought about that? Have you thought about the incredible gift that the Lord is offering you? It's incredible. But, but we have to process this as news. What, I just think it'd be really neat to see what Jesus would do with social media today. If he would engage with it at all. I think he would. But the message he would be like, oh my goodness, I can make a proclamation to everyone on the planet like that? That's what we have to think about when we see gospel, good news. It's how do we get the message what? Out. Luke 2, 13 through 14, it says, suddenly there were a multitude. I'm going back to my outline here. Suddenly there was a multitude of heavenly hosts with the angels praising God and saying, glory to God in the highest in the highest heaven, and peace on earth to people he favors. Some translations say to all people groups. You know, this news wasn't just for the Jews. It was for everyone. Luke 2, 30, 25 through 35, it says, there was a man in Jerusalem whose name, don't miss this, there was a man in Jerusalem whose name was Simeon, this man was righteous and devout, looking forward to Israel's consolation, and the Holy Spirit was on him. It had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he would not see death before he saw the Lord's Messiah. Guided by the Spirit, he entered the temple. When the parents brought in the child Jesus to perform for him, that was the custom under the law, Simeon took, uh, took him up in his arms and praised God and said, are you following what's happening here? Jesus was born, and eight days later, he went to get circumcised, as was the custom. And this man, uh, filled with the Holy Spirit, knowing that uh, through a vision, he would not die until he met the Messiah. Look what he says. Now, Master, you can dismiss your servant in peace as you promised, for my eyes have seen your salvation. You have prepared it. You have prepared it. In the presence of all peoples, a light for revelation to the Gentiles and glory to your people, Israel. Are you hearing this? Not just to Israel, but you've prepared this for what? For everybody. His father and mother were amazed at what was being said about him. Then Simeon blessed them and told his mother Mary, Indeed, this child is destined to cause the fall and rise of many in Israel. And to be a sign that will be opposed and a sword will pierce your own soul that the thoughts of many hearts may be revealed. One more to, to drive home this, this point of the prophetic being prepared, saying that, look, Jesus is not just for his people. And look, they wanted being under the rule of the Roman Empire. They wanted a king to sit on a throne. Remember, they did the same thing with Saul. We want a king like all the other nations and prematurely electing a king. They look at Jesus and they say, you're going to overthrow the government. And Jesus says, the government I'm overthrowing is unseen. 
What you don't know is that the bondage of sin and death is so much bigger and deeper than the Roman government. And I would say to you today, the bondage of sin and death is so much bigger than our government. It's so much bigger than the governments of this world. It's an unseen governance of evil that is waging war on the souls of men and women and and waging war for our children. The unseen. That was the war. That was the kingdom that God was looking to overthrow. He said, I'm preaching the kingdom of God, and it is at what? At hand. Look, I love America. I'm real patriotic. We've talked about that a time or two. But in front of America is the kingdom of God. Have we thought about that? Why the Lord has prepared, he's meticulously heralded a message, and we have it, oh my goodness, 2,000 years later, we're still reading the message that the herald preached, the kingdom of God is at hand. Where is our allegiance? Acts 13, 47, look, and for this, what the Lord has commanded us, I have made you a light for the Gentiles to bring salvation, don't miss this, to the ends of the earth. To bring salvation, that just means deliverance to the ends of the earth. What good news is revealed in the gift of Jesus? Let me ask you the question again. What good news, what proclamation, what news is revealed in the gift of Jesus? Look, I've just got a few things. Here's the first thing. And if look, if you don't know Jesus tonight, maybe you're watching, maybe you're here sitting here and you're like, I don't know who this character is. This gift of him, he was the gift. He is the good news. The bad news is, is that we're all sinners. The bad news is, is without him, when we die, we're facing an enemy of death. We're facing an enemy of a devil's hell that was not created for us. We're facing a cosmic order that says you are a sinner. You have a price to pay that is now on your head. There is condemnation facing every human being after a life lived on this earth. Why is that? Because you're a sinner, because you do wrong. Come on, hasn't anybody said there's nothing free in this world to you? We don't walk in the store. I mean, some people do. If it was L.A., we just walk in, grab what we want, and walk right out. As long as it's under $900, you know what I'm saying. I think that's what the law says. They can't be prosecuted. Anyway, I digress. My point is, is we have been taught, if mama and daddy raised you correctly, that everything has a what? A price, a cost. We teach our children to be good. Why? Because the cost of being bad is great. The cost of not rearing them in the nurture and admonition of the Lord. Listen, we know prisons are full of those people that just thought there's no consequence They do what they want. But have we not just thought about the fact that these consequences go deeper than just here on earth? It's not just a consequence, it's a condemnation. It's the fact that the enemy, if they distract you, if they can get you to think that you can do it on your own, they win, God loses. But listen, listen, you don't have to lose. You can approach this life from a place of victory. Here's the few things that I see just as I'm thinking about the greatest gift. What is the greatest gift that God gave us? What's his name? Come on, there's power in that name. What's his name? It's Jesus. What do I see? 
I see the first thing, he's the light for a dark world. What do I see? I see he is the light for a dark world. I, I loved it tonight. It was neat. We lit the candle, and it took one next to you, right, that lit the candle of, of the person next to you, and then they lit the candle of the person next to them, and what happened? At the end of, of, of it, the, the whole room was light without lights. Why? Because that's what it takes. It takes the person who has the light to pass it to the person who doesn't have the light and give them that light. He is the light of the world. He came unto his own, and his own received him not. But as many as received him, to them gave he power, dunamis, dynamite, to become what? The sons of God. Have we thought about the fact that what this gift means is that he is a light for a dark world? Can, can we get a witness that this world is dark? Come on now. But what do we do? We hear about it and we're like, yeah, it's so dark, it's terrible. And you have your light and you're like, yeah, it's really dark and terrible, except your little corner is lit and they're still in the darkness and we don't think to extend the candle. We don't think to explain to people, hey, I actually can explain suffering. John 16, 33 is in the book. That in this world, we're gonna have tribulation, but be of good cheer, he's actually overcome the world. What are you doing? Lighten theirs. Jesus, listen, let me help you with something. What is this gift? It's a gift of light. He created light, and, and that's what God does. He is light. He, he breathes light, and the enemy says, no, just hang out in darkness. Don't worry about that. And Jesus comes in and changes everything. Look, a major development in the proclamation is that Jesus was not just for the Jews. He came through the Jews for everyone. He is the light for a dark world. It's everybody. Are you in the world right now? Or are we all in the matrix? Hooked up to some weird machine somewhere. <laughs> How many have seen these interviews that they're doing that they're producing solely through AI? AI is literally producing whole interviews by taking people's libraries and putting them together and you really can't tell that they're, they're not even real. Are we real? No, I'm kidding. <laughs> I'm just teasing. Gosh, take a breath, y'all. Jesus is a light in the dark world. Number two, he is the good you, listen, this is so important. He is the good you wish you could be. Number one, he is the light for a dark world. He's the what? He's the what? He's the light. Number two, he is the good you wish you could be. Let me help you with something. Our good will always be overshadowed by the thoughts and intents of the darkness in our hearts, but it doesn't have to remain that way. Church, come on now. It doesn't have to remain that way. Let me help you with something. Our good will always be overshadowed by the thoughts and intents of the darkness in our hearts, but it doesn't have to remain that way. Here's what the gift of Jesus means. The gift of Jesus means he is the good you wish you could be. Uh, really? Yeah. He didn't have sin. He became sin for us that we might be made the righteousness of God. What? You accept his goodness and watch this. He gives it to you. Here's the point. Stop pretending you're good. We have a whole world that's doing their best to try to tell everyone how good they are. 
I'm really good. I'm a good person. I'm not a bad person because there's bad people and there's good people. No, there's nothing but broken people on this planet. There is none that doeth good, no, not one, scriptures say. As it is written, there is none righteous, no, not one. Oh, here's another one. For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. There's no shortage of scriptures that tell us that we're broken and we're sinners. Right here, church, there's no shortage. Here's what you got to do. You got to stop pretending. Stop pretending. What's the fastest way to embrace the gift of Jesus? Realize that he is the good you wish you were. Come on now. He is the good. I know it's Christmas Eve. You're thinking about those desserts that are on your counter that you just took out the oven. You can't wait to dig into that dinner. Tomorrow, you're ready for all all these presents to be open. I'm ready for it. But let's not miss the most important gift of all, the gift of Jesus. What is he? Hey, parents. Hey, fellow Christians. Hey, fellow believers, listen to me tonight. Let's be real. Let's not pretend that we're good. If there's goodness in us, it's him working what? Through us. Third and last, I'm sorry, third, I got one more. He is because, he is because we are not. The sooner you accept that reality, the sooner you will find peace. The acceptance of Jesus' proclamation is not done through our good works, but through our allegiance to his kingdom. This is the most freeing aspects of the proclamation. We are not declaring our allegiance to a God that is keeping tabs, but rather we are walking into freedom because we serve a God that has already paid every tab for eternity. The acceptance of Jesus' proclamation is not done through our good works. He is because we are not. He is good. We are not the sooner we accept that reality, the sooner we will find peace. Listen, how many folks struggle today? Listen, you're trying so hard. You're trying to live up to a standard. You're trying to be good. You're trying. But ultimately, we all fall what? Short. The sooner we accept the reality that the gift of Jesus was given to us because we are not. And he is, and he is everything for us that we are not for ourselves. And I can accept that, and I can say to him, I appreciate, I'm thankful, I'm grateful for everything that you've given me. Now work through me. Every person that you come in contact with, you don't have to say, yeah, I'm a good person. You can say, yeah, Jesus is a good God. He's done a lot for me. (laughs) That gift of Jesus has given me everything that I'm actually not. You know what? You can stop pretending. Some of us are exhausted. You've had a whole year of pretending to be a good person. You've had a whole year of trying to present well. Let me help you with something. Jesus doesn't want your pretending. He doesn't want who you're trying to convince everyone that you are. He wants you. He wants the raw, unadulterated version. He wants you to to stand in that place where you are and say, look, I am a sinner. I'm not who I want people to think I am. 
And he says, I know. That's why I came. I came for you. Because I love you. Mm -hmm. He is for you. And he loves you. Let me ask you this question. Will you accept him tonight? Romans 10, 9, it says this. If you confess your mouth, Jesus is Lord. Here's something that I, I think, don't miss this. Many times we think it's a prayer. I, I need to just ask Jesus in my heart. What does that mean? My son recently did this. How I explained it to my son is this. It's declaring your allegiance. Where does your loyalty lie? That's what it's all about. What does inviting Jesus in my heart mean? It means that I say you have first place, you have first position. If you're making a proclamation to the kingdom of God, I'm saying I'm, I'm giving my allegiance to what? That, that kingdom. Are you, are you following what I'm saying? So when it says in Romans 10, 9, if you confess with your mouth Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. You will be delivered. That's the point. Baby Jesus came. Yeah, and, and I believe it, and I believe he was born of a virgin, and I, I believe all those things. Yeah. Yeah, but have you actually declared your loyalty to him? Have you actually said, Jesus, I accept the proclamation of the good news. You are preparing the way. I believe it, and I accept it. What does that mean? It means that you're my king. My allegiance is to you and not to the gods of this world. Let me say this. Do I need to live a good life? No. Do I need to live a good life? No. Do I need to go to church? No. Do I need to clean up my language? No. Do I need to stop sinning? No. Let me help you with something. That's impossible. You ever tried to stop sinning? It's impossible. Are all these things good? Yeah. Yeah, they are. Do they save you? No. Hey, church, they don't save you. Declaring your loyalty to Jesus as your king saves you. After you have been delivered, he will show you a better way to live. But he saves you based on where your loyalty lies, not how good or bad you are. How is this possible? Because he is God. Because he was born of a virgin. Because he never sinned. Because he defeated sin and death. 2 Corinthians 5.21 He made the one who did not know sin to be sin for us so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. The greatest gift one can be given is spiritual freedom. And Jesus is offering that to you tonight. Will you accept it? Thank you for watching and joining us for our church online. I pray this experience was just what you needed today. If you made a decision for the Lord to follow Christ, or if the Lord did something in your heart that was special today, we would love to hear about it. Post it in the comments, send us a message, and we'll reach out to you. Have a wonderful week, and God bless.